Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. Stand by for news and stuff. You have arrived on the program with news, information, commentary, opinion, all that kind of stuff. There's so much gobbledygook on about 95% of the news programs. So much leaning far, far to the left. We're tipping, right? You'll get the truth right here, my friend. News, information, and comment from a pastor of 35 years in the pulpit and in radio since what? 12 years of age? Yeah. So thank you for being here. Thank you for praying for us, supporting us, sending us all kinds of goodies that we share on the air. Back and forth we go. Yeah, it's so important today. Stand for the truth. Let's two walk together. How can they possibly agree? How could you possibly agree with those left-leaning radicals? They're out there. Stay tuned to Hello World every day at this time, and God will bless you mightily. Thank you so much for being there, and I mean that sincerely. What in the world is going on? It's one of those, gee, do you think kind of stories? Count them, 10. 10 retired FBI directors and experts in counterintelligence has warned Congress that the border crisis under fake President Joe Biden has allowed military-aged men from all over the globe to easily come into the United States. The ex-FBI officials declared that the U.S. is extraordinarily less safe and secure now because of this southern invasion. Ten notable former FBI officials wrote a letter to congressional leaders warning the country is facing a new and imminent danger in this new America, the flood of evil. Because of the flood of illegal immigrants across the southern border, we got a big problem. Everybody knows that. As former senior executives of the FBI with deep experience combating dangers to the nation, we write to express our concern about a current and specific threat that may be one of the most pernicious ever to menace the United States of America. That's how the letter began. The ex-FBI luminaries described the threat as new and unfamiliar. In its modern history, the United States has never... Get it? Operative. We're never suffered an invasion of the homeland, and yet one is unfolding right now. Do you see how Biden and his team is trying to destroy America? What evil, wicked people. Military-aged men from across the globe, many from countries or regions not friendly to our country, are landing in waves on our soul. I mean by the thousands. Not by splashing ashore from a ship or parachuting from a plane, but just rather walking across the border. It's been accurately advertised around the world as largely unprotected and ready access granted to America. Where is my gun? Oh, it is awful. Sleepy jumps, I'm going to do something about it. Biden said yesterday that the U.S. shall respond after three American troops were killed, dozens more injured in an overnight drone attack northeast of Jordan near the Syrian border. Biden blamed Iran-backed militias for the first U.S. fatalities after months of strikes by such groups against American forces across the Middle East amid the Israeli-Hamas war. Biden, who was traveling in South Carolina, asked for a moment of silence during an appearance at a Baptist church's banquet hall. We had a tough day last night in the Middle East. We lost three brave souls in an attack on one of our bases, he said. And the moment of silence, Biden added, we shall respond. With an increasing risk of military escalation in the region, U.S. officials were working to conclusively identify the precise group responsible for the attack, 
but they have assessed that one of the several Iranian-backed groups somehow was behind it. Meanwhile, they're again walking across the border down south. A conservative Republican response? Biden is facing calls from congressional hawks to escalate attacks on Iranian-linked targets, including Iran itself. In response to the death of these three men, these three service soldiers in that drone attack, why it matters, heeding those calls would risk significantly expanding and drawing the United States further into an already growing regional conflict that has sprung up as a result of the Israeli-Hamas war. Meanwhile, Biden said, I'm still gathering the facts of the attack, but we know it was carried out by a radical Iranian group. Uh-huh. According to the U.S. Central Command, 25 service members were also wounded. Senate Minority Mitch McConnell, leader, called for a serious crippling cost to Iran, not only on frontline terrorist proxies, but on their Iranian sponsors who wear American blood as their badge of honor. Meanwhile, Senator Lindsey Graham said in a statement, the attacks the U.S. has carried out on Iranian proxies outside of Iran will not deter this aggression, calling to strike targets that are significant inside Iran. Oh, boy. Oh, this one will curl the hair on the back of your neck. The federal government being sued now for details of an alleged CIA scheme to get rid of President Donald Trump. Why is that hard to believe? Officials with government watchdog Judicial Watch confirmed in a statement they're pursuing a Freedom of Information Act case against the Defense Department over reports from a military officer to his superiors regarding an alleged conversation. That reportedly happened around January 2017 and involved CIA analyst Eric Camila and Sean Misko, and it concerned a plan they were hatching up to get rid of then-President Donald Trump. I uh, doesn't surprise me. I wonder what the new plan is now. Suppose you want something like this? You're a liar, and you know you're a liar? Well, I'm suing you. Maybe I'll get $83 million. President Donald Trump ordered to pay that to E. Jean Carroll from Fort White, Indiana. $83 million in damages for defaming her after she repeatedly denied allegations that he raped her in the 1990s, an illegal ordeal that's been mired in controversy and concern over the former advice columnist accusations. And boy, she has a strange lifestyle under the spotlight for the first time, and all this stuff's going to come out. But tell me, come on now, that they're not after President Trump. Of course, the... $83 million because Trump called her a liar. Defamation of character. Wow. Absolutely ridiculous. It's the Biden-directed winch hut par excellence. The legal system in the United States of America definitely out of control. Being used today as a political weapon, taking away all of your First Amendment rights. Hey, ever heard of this one? The uh, fake president, uh, his administration has already spent more than $7 million on sue and settle. You heard that? Those are attorney's fees, twice as much as former President Donald Trump in his entire four-year term. Sue and settle, that describes instances where a private party sues a government agency, but a settlement gets reached outside of court. Critics say the technique allows the Environmental Protection Agency to create policy through these settlements without congressional approval and therefore waste millions of taxpayer money. Why not? Well, for the first time ever, the only fast food chain in America that serves 
Bible Verses with its burgers is closing its store in Northern California due to ongoing issues with crime. One mall, one store, yeah, they're all pharmacy closing down. The In-N-Out Burger will shuttle its store located in the Bay Area near Oakland International Airport next month following a wave of robberies and car break-ins and all kinds of crimes. The announced closure of the Oakport Street location marks the first for In-N-Out in its 75-year history. But it's coming all over America. Despite taking repeated steps, they say, to create safer conditions, our customers and associates are regularly victimized by car break-ins and property damage, stealing, armed robberies. It's the way of life there in that part of California. So what are the chances? There's a new study out there revealing overwhelming majority of people self-identified as Christians came to faith as kids, and many don't remember the specific moment they decided to embrace Christianity. The report titled The Spiritual Journey, How Evangelicals Come to Faith, examines a faith journey and practices of people here in the United States. It was conducted by Gray Matter Research and Infinity Concepts. They talked to about a thousand, over a thousand Christians. The survey revealed that 72% came to faith before age 18, and the remaining 28 didn't start holding evangelical beliefs until they were adults. So what are the chances of someone over 18 getting saved? Or over, let's say, 50, 60, 70? And yet, it still happens. Well, I wonder if she'll do it again. Snowboarding, that is. A female snowboarder found herself trapped for 15 hours inside a ski gondola in the midst of freezing temperatures at Lake Tahoe, according to the Associated Press. She kept warm, rubbing her hands and feet together. Monica Lasso stepped into a gondola in Heavenly, <laughs> Heavenly Ski Resort around 5 o'clock on Thursdays, planned to take the lift down the mountain because she was too tired to snowboard anymore. And the gondola stopped just minutes later, leaving her swinging in the sky. Although she yelled for help, no one on the ground could hear her. She didn't have a cell phone, making it impossible to call for assistance. She went on to say, I screamed desperately until I lost my voice. So she spent the remainder of her night rubbing her feet and hands together to keep warm. Temperature dropped to 23 degrees that night. I'll say again, I wonder if she'll do it again. Okay, quickly, moving on over there to Moronville. The Bible supports the idea that individuals can change their gender. What? That's according to a Catholic university professor. Dayton, University of Dayton professor Esther Brownsmith listed a few of the ways the scripture portrays gender as a colorful spectrum, not a rigid binary. In response to a vote Wednesday by Ohio lawmakers to override the governor's recent veto of a bill that prohibits biological males from competing in women's sports and restricts sex change treatments for minors. She claimed Joseph was one of the many people in the Bible who crossed gender boundaries, saying, Deborah led an army. Mordecai breastfed his cousin, Esther. And Daniel was probably a eunuch. So it's okay. It's in the Bible. You're nuts. Where's my gun? Can you say, been there, done that? After 15 years of ministry, he's burned out. Looking out his office window, he wondered, how can I possibly feel this tired? I'm serving you, God. His wife called earlier, reminder of the day's activities, dental appointment at 4, pick up their son from football practice at 6, 
They have that dinner engagement at 7. A quick check of his office calendar revealed three counseling appointments scheduled for the afternoon. Hospital visitation in the morning at 10. How would he ever have time to get Sunday sermons together? Now, that's a problem for many preachers, let alone have any personal time. On Sunday, people have been watching me saying, you need time, Pastor. You need to get away. Take some time. Hard to find. Many times life's demand becomes so stressful that God gets pushed out of the lineup. We wonder why we're tired and need of rest. Could it be that God is trying to get our attention? Best way to be of spiritual value to those around you is to stay fresh and alert to the sound of God's voice. Personal time alone with Him should be a top priority, followed by time spent with family and friends. While we all enjoy activities, some become deep hindrances to spiritual growth. Hey, ask God to show you all that is hindering your daily walk with Him so you can reclaim your closeness with Him. Doesn't that sound good? Thoughts on quitting? Don't do it. The difference between perseverance and obstinacy is that one comes from a strong will and the other from a strong won't. As Henry Ward Beecher, to remain indifferent to the challenges we face is indefensible. If the goal is noble, whether or not it's realized within our lifetime is largely irrelevant. What we must do, therefore, is to strive and persevere and never, ever give up. Few lack talent, but most people lack the vision and perseverance to develop those talents, said Orrin Woodward. And Victor Hugo, perseverance, the secret of all triumphs in life. Okay, who who said that? I, I'm getting so old that all of my friends in heaven will think that I didn't make it. Oh, this is good for marriage? You want a bad marriage? Put yourself first. Want a good marriage? Put your spouse first. Want a great marriage? Put God first. Where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this. Best to Dan. You're listening to Hello World, coming your way each day at this time, brought to you by this local station at the Cross Church in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Tell a friend about the program and join us. Continue to pray and support us if you can. Thank you very much. Let's be friends on Facebook, Greg, G-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. So many joining every day from all over the area. I'm still looking for your name. Let's be friends, Greg, G-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. It's a big deal. I'll pray for you. You pray for us. And it's a winning combination. Asking for your prayers once again. Uh, Southwest Radio Church going to Tampa, Florida, February 15th and 16th. What else are we doing here? Oh, we've got a share coming up at the end of February. And uh, then we're going to be over in Nashville for the NRB. Going to be at Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol with Pastor Davis. Going to be a good time there. You pray for us, my friend. A lot of things on the plate. We are busier than ever, and I just love it. Opportunity to minister the Word of God in so many places, in so many ways. Thank you. And you know it's true. I think I love you. Let me ask you something. Do you think that we are too much like the world today and too little like Jesus Christ? I have said throughout my revival ministry in America that I believe the church is about 10 years behind the world. We keep adapting accordingly. You know, I think we're in need of transformation or revival. 
that all Christians have a tendency to go on hold or stall out, content with the level of the life where it is right now. That's what Christians do. This happens frequently in the lives of individual believers, and entire churches go that route. We know that when Christ gets a hold of a person or a church, revival occurs. Scripture teaches that sin is forgiven, mercy is shown, and lives are made like new. All the way back to 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Well, what happens when you get something from God special? You have a revival in your heart. There are seasons when growth stalls, however. As believers, we have that new standing in God, but our life in the world doesn't always reflect that. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, be good reading today. You know, the Apostle Paul knew that an ongoing revival had stalled in the lives of the Corinthian believers. In response, he wrote a very tough letter to them about the nature of the gospel and how it was supposed to be lived out in the course of life. Paul's letter to the Corinthian church seems to be as applicable today as ever. As in any generation, God's children are in a position where they can stall out, and the reasons seem to be universal. I remember we had an old Chevelle years ago. Oh, that was a tough time. That thing was a mess. Even the back floorboards were rotted out. Many times I'd look in the back seat to make sure that the kids were still there. I remember being on the bypass here one day, and yep, right in the middle of traffic, she stalled out for the last time. Just shoved it off to the side, called a record service, off to the junkyard it went. We had a terrible car. It stalled at the worst times, like this, in the middle of an intersection. Are you kidding me? The only way to get a stalled car to start again, you had to open the hood and slam it back down. I'm a real mechanic and that stuff. It was odd. It was embarrassing. But we didn't have the resources to get anything any better. No money. Been there, done that. So we had to endure with something that stalled at the most inopportune times in our life. Despised that thing after a while. You know what can happen to a church? I despise a stalling church. When I see the spiritual growth of my church just go on hold, it's not fun. Christians are to experience the new life every day. The connection to Christ is a guarantee that change is going to be continual. The eternal reality that we were saved from sin should have a daily effect on our life in this world, but sometimes it stalls. Yes, it does. The first letter to the Corinthians was probably tough for Paul to write, tough for the church to read. They were in the midst of a city known for all kinds of wrongs. Many of us live, work, worship in cities like Corinth. Sadly, the moral code became the moral code for many Corinthian believers. You know, I'm often forced to admit that a stalling effect has taken place in my own life. Revival is needed. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, brothers, I wasn't able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as babies in Jesus Christ, I fed you milk, not solid food, because you weren't able to receive it. In fact, you're still not able, because you're still fleshly. You know, I look at people, I told the congregation yesterday, I see two people there. See this man, there's two of them, one in the flesh, one in the spirit. That's true of every believer. Paul said, for since there is envy and strife among you, oh, really, envy and strife, you are not fleshly and living like ordinary people? That's the question. 
First Corinthians 3, read it. The members of the church there had placed their faith in Christ and moved from darkness to life. Praise the Lord. But what happened? They need to be revived. They lost their salvation. I don't think so. They lost the forward momentum of their daily lives. Folks, in the process of discipleship, we need to orient people to the reality of a war out there. Romans 8, 8 and 9 says, Those whose lives are in the flesh are unable to please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God lives in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Once a Christian, the Spirit lives within us, but the old self still wars against this transformation in our lives. It's a battle and a process that will continue on into eternity. I believe our church, the cross in Fort Wayne, Indiana, has been a revived church, and we have chosen to pursue changes for ourselves, and church communities reflect what is possible through the work of Almighty God. I think 1 Corinthians gives us a portrait of what our church members must guard against in order to experience the fullness of the transformation that God intends for us. Maybe we need to pray a little more often. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if, and I think that should be when, see if there be any wicked way in me, and God lead me in the way everlasting. What a prayer. you got to repeat that several times a day. Yeah, it can be tough for all of us, my friend. How you doing? We all know that the believer cannot be transformed without the truth, so you got to be saved. First John 8, 32, you shall know the truth. It'll set you free. Time in God's Word, then, is a necessity for our spiritual exercise. Church members must not fall into the trap of thinking that, hey, group study's enough, Sunday morning's enough, Sunday night's enough. I think everyone should be involved in a yeah, Bible study of some sort, be exposed to some strong biblical preaching, but don't leave out your personal time with the Word of God. It's a quick path to stalling your spiritual transformation. Exercise, going to get this thing going, are you? Begins with prayer. In another letter, Paul wrote, Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Philippians 4, 6. Prayer, so important to change lives, to change churches. We'll talk more about this on Hello World for tomorrow, but uh, yeah, good start, isn't it? Bible, what'd you get out of the Word today? Oh, you need it, my friend. And, and number two, prayer. Are you really praying, and what are you praying about? Do you have a biblical prayer going? I want to talk more about a revival needed for your church tomorrow, so tell a friend about the broadcast, and you join us tomorrow for that as well. Well, it could happen. A preacher was preaching on booze with great emphasis. He said, if I had all the beer in the world, I'd take it and put it in the river. Greater emphasis. If I had all the wine in the world, I'd I'd pour it in the river. This guy's into it, right? Caught up in the fur, now sweating. If I had all the whiskey in the world, I'd pour it in the river. He sat down trying to catch his breath. The music minister got up and uh, <laughs> tried to keep a straight face. For our closing hymn, it's number 365, Shall We Gather at the River? <laughs> Why not? That's it, had my say for another day. Yeah, we have. Just getting, just getting started, too. You imagine 
what the rest of the week is going to look like. So glad we're back on the air. WHCB 91.5. Had me a little nervous there. Thought I might miss out on um, the share but it's a go, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Join me on Facebook, Greg, G-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. Past programs available at whcbradio.org or gregpatton.com. And we'd love to come to your church. We're just running out of time and doing that for the spring here anyway. Sorry. Well, that's the way it is for a Monday, January the 29th, 2024. I am Greg Patton. God bless. You have a great day.